Everybody, welcome back to the Brian Sams Podcast. This is uh, Brian Sams, your host, and today I am pleased to be joined once again by my friend Jody Jenkins. Jody, welcome to the Brian Sams Podcast. I'm honored to be here again, brother. Thank, thanks for having me. You know, today uh, we are going to talk a little bit about uh, the ministry of the evangelist and the philosophy and then getting into some practical things regarding the evangelist. And with that thought in mind... I really wanted to take some time today and dedicate this particular recording to a dear friend of both of ours uh, who just recently passed away, Dr. Tom Farrell. And Dr. Tom Farrell was a traveling itinerant evangelist for 42 years and left an enormous uh, legacy in his wake. Um, I was privileged to be at his funeral just a couple days ago. And I know, Jody, both you and I share a fond place in our heart for Dr. Tom Farrell. And I just thought while we're going to talk about evangelists, I think it would be really fitting for us to um, say a word about Tom Farrell and what he meant uh, to us. Why don't don't you start by just saying a couple words about Dr. Farrell? What a preacher, brother. Absolutely what a preacher. You know now at our age that that uh, we preach the way that we're called to preach. In other words, no two preachers are, are identical. Uh, uh, but when I first started preaching as a teenager, uh, he's the one that I tried to mimic. Uh, he's the one uh, uh, who was really my hero. I looked up to him and learned so much from him. I even used to preach his sermons <laughs> when I first started out as a teenage young preacher. So I cannot say enough about um, Dr. Tom Farrell, uh, just, just, just a true Christian gentleman. And when you think about a preacher, uh, if you knew anything about him, uh, his name would probably surface in your mind. He was a mighty preacher of the Word of God, and he's going to be missed, but he has left a legacy, and I know, I know he's meant a lot to me in my own personal life. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you get this image in your mind about somebody that stands in the pulpit and preaches, and that's the image that I get. It's in the first early days of my salvation. Uh, I remember listening to old cassette tapes of Dr. Tom Farrell. In fact, the first time we met in 1998, um, you preached, What is Your Life?, which I later came to realize was a Dr. Tom Farrell sermon. I'm sure we've all did it. And Brother Farrell uh, was a personal mentor. He was a personal friend. Um, he was a preacher of preachers and an evangelist of evangelists, yes. and you might say he was a he was a he was a tenfold gifted evangelist. Amen. Um, I I just remember so many times hearing of man, this many you know people were saved and this many people were called to preach, and then you you come to find out over the years of of me knowing him, which was about twenty twenty five years, you come to find out that. That that was all real, and there's story after story after mission field after mission field after camp of people that came to Christ yes. through through his preaching, and then through all the fallout of his preaching um, of the men and women that were called to ministry, yes, men and women in ministry that were influenced by his ministry, like us. Mm-hmm. It, 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 we could probably not over exaggerate 
the multiplied influence of Dr. Tom Farrell on the world. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with everything you've said. And I, I just wanted to point out a couple things to me, and if you have another one you want to throw in, let me know, but a couple things to me that really made Tom Farrell so, such a spectacular preacher. I, I got four of them. Number one, he was passionate about proclaiming the gospel to lost people. I don't know anybody that did it better, did it clear called for a decision, and saw fruit, the fruit of souls, uh, in, in the evangelistic ministry like Tom Farrell. And that goes a long way. It's something that we all need to be refreshed, uh, refreshed of and reminded of in this day is that our, pri- our priority as preachers, as Christians really, should be pre- preaching the gospel yes. to people without Christ. I think a lot of the problems that we see in ministry come from a lack of focus on the gospel and a focus on things that are more tertiary, if you will. And I love that single focus concept that he had. Secondly, and I know you experienced this, I certainly did, he was intentional about ministering to young leaders. I know me personally, I was I was a direct, uh, directly influenced by the focus of Tom Farrell on ministering to young pastors and yes. leaders. It was, it was a big deal to him. He was a phone call. It was uh, sometimes financial gifts and contributions. It was, of course, him coming alongside of us at our churches and helping us in revival efforts and so on and so forth. But, you know, my story is not alone. There were many people like that um, that he invested into. Uh, number three, uh, Dr. Tom Farrell was passionate about biblical preaching. I mean, I learned a lot from his preaching, but I actually learned preaching from him. I took uh, a couple courses in seminary that he taught mm-hmm. that worked through the book by Jerry Vines, Power in the Pulpit, which is a book he taught me and recommended to me. And then, of course, he published his own book on preaching through Striving Together uh, Ministries, uh, really at my request. And in the forward of the book, he, he, uh, he acknowledged that um, I encouraged him to get that book to the editors over at Striving Together when I was there on staff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so our 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 love for and commitment to biblical preaching uh, was something that that he should be well remembered for. And then and then I'd say finally he was uh, Dr. Farrell was serious about keeping his family first. And if you didn't know him or don't know his family, uh, his wife Regina and his kids Ben, Beth, and Becky. Uh, tremendous testimonies uh, of God's grace, and I had the privilege of being at the funeral just last week. And above all things that stood out to me, that was the thing that stood out to me most was the love he had for his family, his kids, and his grandkids, and how although he was sought after in a major way, he kept his family first. And it's something to be said today in this day Amen. that of all people that seem to burn their families out for sake of ministry. Uh, here's a man that had both seemingly in really good balance. Yes, yes. I say amen to everything you've said. I want to add one to it. Yes, sir. When I went through my deep, dark depression as a pastor, that would eventually lead to me resigning the church because I thought my ministry was over with. Dr. Tom Farrell is one of the gentlemen uh, that my wife reached out to for help. Mm. And he came along beside of me and her, and he loved us. He encouraged us. He kept, he kept, he kept trying to point me back to Scripture when I was believing the lies of the devil. Mm. Uh, one thing I remember him saying, because you know he liked to alliterate some things, 
And I would, I would say something that I was thinking that was obviously a lie. I see that clearly now. But he would say, that's trash when you need to focus on truth. Yeah. That's okay. Basically. Right. So uh, he not only, I say amen to everything you said about it, amen to every one of them. And I add to it that I have a special connection with him because mm. uh, uh, he came running to me. Whenever I was hurting, wow, and needed needed somebody, you know, to point me point me back. Yeah, to absolutely. Work. And I think a lot of preachers would say the same thing. Yes. That he was not the kind of guy that would kick you when you were down, but they would reach a hand down to pick Amen, you up. Amen, brother. Amen to that. Well, this uh, next episode here in a few minutes, we're going to talk about the evangelist, a little bit of philosophy, a little bit of ways that churches can use evangelist and what that even means. And I want to say to Regina Farrell, to Ben Farrell, to Becky Fant, and to Beth Farrell, we just wanted this episode to be dedicated to the legacy of your father, who, in our opinion, was just the greatest evangelist of the last generation. Yes. And uh, so now uh, tune in for this talk with Jody Jenkins on the ministry of a local church evangelist. God bless you. You're listening to an ongoing discussion on life, leadership, and ministry. This is the Brian Sams Podcast. Uh, well, Jody and I both have some experience in the field of evangelism. And so before we get into some of the philosophy of it, I just want to both of us kind of share a little bit of our story, specifically of our time in evangelism. I came right out of college uh, in 2001. In fact, during college, I spent a couple of years traveling with some youth evangelism groups. One was called Neighborhood Bible Time, which is actually where we met in 1998. Jody was serving uh, at a church he later pastored, Buffalo Ridge Baptist Church, and then, uh, but you were in college at the time, so was I, and God struck a friendship there. But that was the first stint I spent traveling, mm-hmm. 10 weeks the summer of 1998, I went to 10 different churches and hosted youth rallies. I was privileged to see 667 people come to faith in Christ mm-hmm. that summer. And I got to tell you, I was, as they say, ruined. Amen, brother. Uh, I wanted to do a lot more of that. Later on, in the spring of 1999, I traveled with the Minutemen Evangelistic Team, which was another youth outreach team, traveled 15 weeks with them. And then while I was getting my graduate degree, I did a few more stints with them here and there, some more short-term things. All in all, between the time I finished my first master's degree and my undergraduate degree, I'd probably traveled probably about 40 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and right immediately from there, had an opportunity to work at a Christian camp, and they offered me an opportunity to become what they called staff evangelist, ultimately field director. And essentially it was traveling, getting the word out, about the camp and preaching a message when I was there. Ultimately, that led to invitations to youth rallies and churches and revival meetings. And yes. really, by the time I was in 2002, 2003, uh, I was pretty much filled up preaching somewhere all the time. Mm-hmm. I did that from 2003 to 2008, um, and basically about six years of itinerant work there. Um, then God led me to California where I served as a Bible college 
uh, uh, faculty member, administrator, and also preached on the road about 350 times a year during my eight years there. So for about 16 years, uh, 15, 16 years, I did predominantly what we're, we're talking about, evangelistic, revival, itinerant preaching work. And then, of course, in 2016, I became a pastor, and I still do some of that uh, on the side a little bit. But uh, So I, I spent about 15 years uh, doing this. And Jody, tell us a little bit about your background in evangelism. My journey's a little bit different than yours. Uh, I graduated from, from Bible college in 2000 and then went on staff immediately at my home church as staff evangelist. So I was traveling uh, in itinerant work, even though when I was at home I was working on staff there, I was traveling in itinerant work there as staff evangelist uh, basically for about eight years. Uh, and then I assumed the pastorate there in my home church at Buffalo Ridge Baptist Church in, 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 in uh, 2009. So eight to nine years, I was I was the staff evangelist, but but a year before I assumed the pastorate, I became the co-pastor, so I wasn't traveling as much uh, and so on. And then when I became the pastor, I was pastoring there for almost ten years, and now uh, I, I am transitioning back into the itinerant work. So I started that way, then I pastored for almost ten years. And the Lord's brought me right back into it. Mm. So I'm 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 taking meetings. Uh, I'm not I'm not booked every week right now, mm. but I'm transitioning back into the traveling itinerant work. Yeah. So really, between the two of us, you got you know over well over twenty years of traveling churches, revival meetings, uh, gospel crusades, youth rallies, camps, yes, uh, missions conferences. I think I've done just about everything uh, that you can think of. Some things I didn't even really feel like I probably should have been doing, but I did them anyways. <laughs> One of my first sermons on the road was a Mother's Day sermon, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing. So I, so I preached on the most important quality of a mother. Mm. You know what it was? Mm-mm. That she was saved. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. I so like basically, that. I preached the gospel, and uh, and anyways, it was a good time. So you know, Jody, when we talk about evangelists and itinerant ministry, I want I want to start this off by giving a little bit of a grounding, a little bit of a biblical grounding, kind of a framework for evangelists, uh, and I want to start back in the book of Ephesians. And let's unpack some of this a little bit and lay a foundation that'll carry over into some of the practical things that we'll say in the next session. But the Bible is is pretty clear in Ephesians chapter four, verse um, uh, verse number eleven. And he, Christ, gave some apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the edifying of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. There are a couple other direct mentions of the noun evangelist, which speaks of a person, a gift to the church. There's, of course, Philip the evangelist in the book of Acts. And then over in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul tells the pastor, Timothy, to do the work of an evangelist, which is, again, the noun Speaking of the person, there's also the verb form of evangelist that means to preach the gospel, euangelion. Uh, Then there is um, the other noun form, which is just gospel, the the gospel, the the message that the guy heralds, the good news. 
So why don't you why don't you just start by just giving us a little bit of a framework of what you feel to be an evangelist and the importance of his use uh, in and through a church. Well, to me, being an evangelist is being consumed with what you're talking about, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, every child of God should have a passion to preach the gospel of Christ. We're all commanded to do that. Mm -hmm. But the Lord gifts certain individuals and calls them into the ministry of, of an evangelist. And if I could say it this way, his specialty is presenting the gospel, his passion for that. Mm -hmm. And as far as, as far as the way that I personally look at evangelism, it's coming alongside of the office of a pastor to help him reach his Jerusalem. Mm. And uh, uh, as a pastor, you are one now, and, and, and I used to be one. It's interesting that, that when you bring an evangelist in, that evangelist may preach the identical things that you've been preaching, mm -hmm. but the people respond. Mm -hmm. And it shows you the importance of, of utilizing every gift that God has given to the local church. Now, we realize that an evangelist uh, is not a pastor, but a pastor is not an evangelist. We, we both sh sh should be working in the ministry of evangelism. Mm -hmm. But as far as the focus is concerned, he comes in right along beside of the pastor to help him reach his Jerusalem with a fresh voice and a fresh gift, if you can put it that way, mm -hmm. of somebody who's gifted to portray and preach the gospel in a way that God touches it in a unique way. Yes, I agree with that. And I think it, you know, you, you emphasize something I think that our text even, even reveals, and that is this. Not only does he come in and have a special ability to articulate the gospel to bring people to a decision for the gospel. He also has a unique ability to come alongside of the local church and kind of inspire them in their next step in their um, journey as yes. far as the local church goes. I mean, honestly, even when you were here at our church just in uh, uh, April, I believe it was, maybe just a few months back, um, there was a special stirring uh, towards some things, some specific decisions that were made some specific actions that were taken specifically for the gospel. Yes. That I know, I mean, I, I am an evangelist. I am a gospel preacher, but still yet using your unique gifts and skill sets, you came alongside of us and pushed us on forward in a few areas. And he says it here in the text that evangelists and pastors and teachers are both given for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So not only do evangelists preach the gospel with great fervency and effectiveness, they also do these three things. They Their message helps bring about maturity in the saints. It helps spur on the work of the ministry and bring edification to the body of Christ. Yes. Um, and so, you know, it's not like every time a, a guest itinerant evangelist comes in, they always have to just preach a John 3.16 message, although they likely, if they're an evangelist, can do that very well. They also can come in and challenge us on different levels of giving. Like you preached a, a message yes. on prayer, I think, and a message on giving. Both those messages had a unique impact 
on the church. Have I ever preached on prayer? Sure. Have I ever preached on giving? Sure. Yes. Um, yet, utilizing this gift yes. um, has a, a unique uh, effect to it. And I would say um, there are guys, I think, that do not, uh, they either don't believe in it or they have some different applications for the evangelists. I wouldn't necessarily argue with them over it. But I like what you said here. I think it's really good. What you said spoke to me about there's a little bit of an element of faith here. I believe, if I believe this text that God gave some evangelists for these purposes, then I think by faith I want to have them, even if I don't necessarily directly see that I need to have this or that, I'm going to have one in from time to time because I believe God's given them as a gift to the church, and I want to utilize that gift Absolutely. in my church. What would you say um, to someone who uh, you know says, well, I just don't think I would ever want to use a guest speaker or an itinerant speaker in my church? Anything else you'd say to them? Uh, I would simply that say that... Somebody, and again, I read. I, I, I'm, I'm emphasizing what you've already said. I'm not going to fall out for somebody over it, right? But I believe that somebody who would refuse to use the office of an evangelist, an itinerant preacher, to come in, I believe he's he's not he's not utilizing uh, 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 a gift that God has given to him. Yeah. To to his, it's not it's the Lord's church, right. but the church that He's called you to. Uh, I, I, again, it's a faith thing, and to me, to me, somebody that says I'm not going to do that is limiting what God can do, mm-hmm. or that He wants to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that God is limited. That's not what I mean. But He's He's given you a tool. Mm-hmm. And if you don't pick that tool up, then what that tool could have accomplished may not be accomplished. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I would say that even in, in like I have guest speakers, um, and they're not always exclusively itinerant, right? But they do bear that gift. Yes. Like like example, I may use somebody like Kenny Baldwin that yes. he teaches here at the college, and a lot, a lot of people know him. He's a pastor, but I think we all know and have bore witness to the fact that he has a unique gifting in that area. So I'm going to use him. Yes. Uh, I don't use just any pastor to come in and do a meeting because I may not feel like they have that gifting to mm-hmm. stir the people. Um and so I, I believe this gifting can be... I mean, Paul does say to Timothy, do the work of an evangelist. And while there's no question, the emphasis there is the keep at the proclamation of the gospel. I do think there is this gifting that God gives to people to do that. And I would say that um, most people would not object, I don't think, to somebody who does just itinerant work in general. Mm-hmm. Um, most people know there's conference speakers, and sometimes they see pastors that have been at it for a while enter into that kind of circuit, which is totally understandable. But I also, you know, noticed in second John or third John, excuse me, there's even biblical precedents for itinerant traveling speakers visiting churches. Uh, the Bible says in Third John 1, the elder unto the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in truth. Somebody had returned to John and testified to John that Gaius was walking in the truth. Verse 5, Beloved, 
thou doest faithfully, whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. John speaking of our church. Whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well, because that for his name's sake they went forth, taking nothing of the Gentiles. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Now, most people don't look at what happens in Third John. They always focus on Diotrephes. But Gaius, the first part of Third John, Gaius is being encouraged by John for, frankly, his hospitality yes. toward men. Now, I'm trying to be as straight interpretation here as I can. It's pretty obvious. A man that was sent from John's church to preach the name of Christ not for money or gain. And John Gaius had received them into his church and home and basically loved them and took care of them. Mm-hmm. And then they came back to their home church, John, and said, man, Gaius, Gaius loved us. Gaius took care of us. Mm-hmm. So now some may argue that that's a missionary on deputation. I, I don't know. I don't necessarily see that. What I see is preachers of the gospel leaving one church ministering to another church, returning to their home church, bearing witness of how they were taken care of. Now, we're going to talk about some of that in the next hour of this recording, but let's just start by saying, I mean, don't you think that there was some precedent here for men, you know, going... going? It sure looks like <laughs> I mean, it. it. sure seems. And really, the phrase that pops out to me is the latter part of verse 8, fellow helpers to the truth. There you go. That, that to me is, uh, that's them helping those sharing the, sharing the truth, but at the same time, those who come to the church are helping them. It's fellow helpers. Right. That, that, that's, the, that's, that's, that's the ministry of the evangelist. He's coming to help you. Yeah. And, and to me, a pastor who's not willing to have an evangelist come help is missing out on a special gift given by God. To the local church. Absolutely. And I mean, verse 8 is pretty plain. We therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Yes. When I have an evangelist then, I am helping him. Yes. So that he can continue to go on in the truth. So sometimes I all I will have evangelists in, and part of the reason I know I'm going to have them is because I want to be a blessing to them. It's not just always financially. It, it can be a, a more laid-back, restful week. It can be the fellowship mm-hmm. that we have. It can be certainly the financial provision to help them get down the road the next time. I, I had an evangelist uh, in last fall, a guy who's, a, who's an older gentleman that I've admired and respected for a number of years. And he was there with us the whole conference. He was only speaking a couple times, but he chose to be with us the whole conference. And by the end, I just felt led to increase his love offering. And I gave him what I hope to be one of the largest ones he's ever had. Mm-hmm. And I want to help him. I want to help him because he was such a help to us. There was a lot of help going in both directions. Yes. Okay. And I think that's the mindset that a lot of pastors miss. I I think you know, as you guys will one day pastor or be in leadership of a church, you need to understand the benefits and the blessings of having these guys and, and this this give-and-take relationship that you should have with some men that are out there serving the Lord. 
uh, when I contribute and I pray for and I minister with these men on these occasions, I'm I'm contributing into a larger thing that is happening. Yes, uh, and I think it's very wise for you to consider having in some evangelists or some uh, guys who function that way for certain occasions at your church, uh, so that you can be a fellow helper. Uh, to the truth. Uh, before we get we get into some practical things, I know, no doubt, that some guys have either heard of or been personally hurt by maybe an itinerant speaker who maybe did something that wasn't helpful. Maybe it was, maybe it was uh, unbiblical preaching of some kind. Maybe it was just spirit or attitude. There's a lot of ways it could be. Let's say this has happened to somebody, and they've just decided, well, I'm, I'm just never going to have an evangelist uh, again at my church. What would be some advice you would give to somebody who was hesitant on something like that? The phrase, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah, sure. Right. Because obviously, obviously, an evangelist who comes in and takes advantage of something like that or says something that he should not say, that quite honestly is the, is, is the work of the pastor to do instead of the evangelist, uh, they're not all like that. Right. And, and, and the fact is, is Scripture is our authority. And there is precedence here with these Scriptures that you've been sharing that the office of an evangelist is God's gift. Mm. So I'm not going to throw out something that God has gifted me with just because somebody abused it. Right, sure. That doesn't mean that what they said is right. It doesn't mean it didn't hurt you. It doesn't mean it didn't hurt the church. Mm -hmm. But I believe you learn from that that maybe maybe you vet the evangelist a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, call more resources, especially if it's somebody that you don't know. For sure. Uh, uh, uh Take missionaries. Mm. You, you vet missionaries. Mm -hmm. You're not just going to accept somebody. They have to have resources, uh, 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 references, mm -hmm. and so on. There's nothing wrong with asking for references. Absolutely. And, and calling people that you know. Mm -hmm. Hey, if I bring this guy in, is it even possible? Now, I know anybody can make mistakes. Right. But what is this guy known for? Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of that you can... You can stop by not even not even extending the invitation. Sure, sure. You know what I would say. I think this may be a good place to kind of steer this a little bit uh, before we go into the kind of how we would use them and stuff. But um, let's talk about what qualities. What what would you be looking for in an evangelist? So let's start with references, and let me give you guys a piece of advice here. Jody already said it, but look, every time I'm with a pastor. Every time, without exception, I will say something like, have you had a speaker in recently and somebody that was really helpful to your church? I was just with uh, an evangelist up in uh, Virginia that does these prayer advances. He sat down with me at lunch for about 30 minutes one day and said, tell me some guys I should have at this meeting. Mm -hmm. And then I followed it up with some contact sharing and so on and so forth. What I would say to any of you is... If you want to build a good network of good, solid guys that you'd like to have serve in your church in one of these areas we'll talk about next lecture, one of the ways you can do it is by using your friends and resources and references. Yes. Um, if I have uh, like um, 
this this fall, I'll I'll preach with a few pastor friends, and I'll just I'll just ask him the question, who did you have that was helpful? And I'll man, I'll just I'll just get a list. And sometimes I'll make a note right there. I want to call this guy. I want to have this guy in. Sometimes it's also by experience. Yes. You know, you might take your young people to camp. I heard a story at uh, Tom Farrell's funeral last week about uh, uh, his own pastor, Scott Wendell, mm. from up in Valley Forge, uh, 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 Pennsylvania. The first time he ever met him was that they sent their kids to the wilds, and they all came back and said, you got to have Tom Farrell in your church. Well, guess what he did? He had Tom Farrell in his church, and the rest is history. Mm. You might go to a rally. You might go to a conference. You might go to another revival or something in the, in the area. And uh, and you'll hear and your spirit will resonate. Yes. Um, one of my best friends is Pastor Thomas Shepherd from Indianapolis, Indiana. And our first meeting, we didn't even know each other, was he was at a youth conference that I preached at, and God just knit our hearts together. And so that would be a good thing to start with. Uh, what else are you looking for in a uh, guest speaker or an evangelist that would be well, at your church? You pretty much hit it. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, right there. Yeah. I'm I, I'm looking for who are they surrounding themselves with, yeah, mm-hmm. and what direction are they going? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, are they balanced, or are they tipped on on one side or the other? You mm-hmm. see, what are they known for? Mm-hmm. What is their what is their what does their name mean? I mean, are they known for 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 uh, uh, confrontation, or are they known for compassion? Amen. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So to me, uh, it's 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 looking at the whole picture. What you said, I say, Amen to that. Uh, I mean, hearing them preach and you resonate with them. Uh, but I, personally, if you resonate with them, I think that's great. But but if you don't know them that well, yeah. I wouldn't go by that one sermon that you sure. heard them preach. Sure, I would do some research. I would I I would reach out to people that I that I have confidence in. Who love me, love the church that I pastor, and 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 know the spirit that I'm trying to bring into my church. Right. So so to me, I'm looking for somebody who's going to uh, complement what I'm already doing, mm-hmm. and who's going to help me accomplish what God's put in my heart as a pastor, and not come and tear it down. Sure. In a meeting, yeah. So, yeah, to to combat the the um, argument that may come, well, I've had this happen. And this was hard. What I would simply say is, I'm never going to have somebody that doesn't at least that I know of preach nothing but the Bible. Right. That's that's number one. Number two, I would never have an evangelist or a guest speaker in that I did not know what church they were a part of. Yes. Because I want to know that they're accountable, that they have a pastor, that there's a place where they serve and yes. give and minister. And I always get a little concerned if I can't find that anywhere. If I yes. if I don't know if it's more about the person, less about their their church and ministry, that can be complicated. Uh, also, I would say that I am not looking for somebody who's looking to get into my church. Right. And I appreciate that about you and many other guys that I would have. And I know that in the 15-plus years I did it, itinerant work, I never, ever asked for a meeting or asked for any kind of financial compensation of any kind. Right. And I think if I'm getting a call all the time and it shows me that somebody is really 
either having a hard time getting meetings or they're um, really just trying to push themselves. And that doesn't always seem to work out real well. Let the Lord lead. Let the Lord um, put these things together as opposed to just always uh, somebody that I'm, you know, like a missionary. I know missionaries have to do it sometimes because they're trying to get connected with churches for support. But when somebody's just looking to preach a meeting or do this, sometimes that's a real challenge. And I think um, if I'm just wanting to preach on a Sunday or preach on a Wednesday or preach a revival, a revival meeting, um, if a person's coming on to me like that, that that may be a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you're looking for somebody who preaches the Word, somebody who you have personal experience with, somebody that has references that check out, somebody that is connected and tied into a local church. Yes. Um, and I think that would be a good place to start. I, I agree. I agree. With and that. I would be more than happy if any of you ever have a question references, certainly uh, somebody like Jody or other people like him could be a real help to you. Um, But um, uh, this is a valid ministry of having things like a revival campaign. It may be one day, it may be three days, it may be a whole week, Um, a missions conference, uh, a special Sunday, Um, uh, and uh, it could just be you need a break, and you want to have somebody else come in for 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 a for a day. There could be all sorts of applications, but I want to encourage you that no matter what you do, at least consider uh, the ministry of an evangelist, itinerant gospel preacher, to come in alongside of you and use his gifts, and you be a fellow helper to the truth. Mm-hmm. When we come back next time, uh, we're going to talk about applications, how to prepare for a meeting, how to take care of speakers, and some of those things that a lot of times we'd miss uh, in less practical courses. So let's pray, and then we'll get into that next time. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for Brother Jody. I pray your blessings upon him as he's joined us for these couple of sessions. And uh, Lord, uh, bless uh, good gospel preachers that are out there declaring your truth um, and making a way uh, a partnership in the gospel for local churches. Lord, use these evangelists and use these students as they look for opportunities to use evangelists in their churches. We love you, and we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys, and we'll see you next time.